Hi, welcome. Would you mind telling me a bit about where you grew up or your house and neighbourhood? Uh, yes, Edie, I grew up in Northgate mm -hmm. and we lived in a house that my grandfather built or helped build and that was my second, I probably moved there when I was about two. I was actually born at another house in Northgate and then we moved to McCracken Avenue, it was called, near Northgate Station. And the house was a, uh, a um, weatherboard house. Um, did you grow up with siblings? Yes, I had uh, um, two brothers and two sisters and I was the fourth in the family. So when you were very young, did you enjoy school? Where did you go to school? I went to school at St Joseph's, Northgate, and we walked to school and back, and it seemed a long way when, when I was a child, but, of course, it doesn't seem that far now. But we always, we never took our lunch. We always ran home for lunch, <laughs> and then we'd run back to school again, and then we'd run home after school. But, um, but yeah, I, I liked school. I was quite happy at school. I never, I didn't find it hard, and... Um, yeah I, was, yeah, I have happy memories of primary school. It was good. And we were there until we got to year eight, really, because in those days you stayed at primary school until year eight. Yeah. So did that change in high school? Did you still enjoy it? High school? Well, I only went to, uh, I went to a business college then for 12 months. That, was, that would have been, like, equal to year nine. And that was down at St Bridget's in North Fitzroy, in Fitzroy. Yeah. And I went there for 12 months and that was the end of my schooling until I, uh, I, I did, um, you know, then I did musical studies later, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of music exams. And I also did, uh, when I was married, when my oldest was a baby, I did a couple of years correspondence course in English oh. as well, which I which I really loved. I enjoyed it. I couldn't wait for the postie to come. I was stuck at home with the baby and it was just something interesting to come. I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah. So what was your first job? I did work at a milk bar. I think I, think I was about 14 or 15 when um, I was standing outside a milk bar talking to somebody one day and the lady came out and said, did I want a job? <laughs> so she gave me a job in the, in the milk bar. <laughs> But she didn't pay me very much. I think she only paid me about two shillings or something for the so many nights, you know, equal to 20 cents. And in the end, I'd, I was a bit disgusted with that and I gave it up. So I think she was kind of using me, really, because she, she was yeah. making the profits of the shop but paying me next to nothing. But um, that's all right. And then, my, then I started work, proper work, you know, uh, after school in the, in the government department doing typing and shorthand, which I really enjoyed. And I went to night school and improved all my skills in shorthand because the better you were, the more money you could make because you'd move up a, le a level and you got more money. So my levels were very high in typing and shorthand and uh, so I was able to, you know, I got a good job. So what did you, when you were quite young did you have anything you wanted to do when you grew up 
I can remember two things. I can remember going to a, I must have been at primary school, and we went to an ex at, the, at the exhibition building, mm -hmm. and they had, these they had these caravan nuns there, and I thought it would be so exciting to travel around Australia as a nun, and they used to wear these really big fly-away white hats. <laughs> but that didn't last all, that didn't last all that long, but I, but I can remember thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I would do that. But then, you know, as I say, it didn't last very long. But the other thing that I was interested in doing was to be a mothercraft nurse. So did you get along well with your siblings when you were young? Look, I think we did. I was thinking about that the other day and I, um, I don't remember that we fought. I think we got on pretty well, really. Mm. Um, I think we all just did, did our own thing. I mean, I had an older brother who family. And then my younger brother was about 10 years younger. So we didn't really have that much to do with them. But probably me and my younger brother, because we were the two youngest, we probably fought most <laughs> of all. And because I felt that he was he was very spoilt. And if we had a fight, you know, I always got the blame because I was older and I didn't think it was fair. So I can remember being upset about that a few <laughs> times. Do you remember any sort of fads that were around? When you were that age? Fads. Um, do you mean like in fashion or things that we did as children? Or? Yeah, anything. I can remember, like we didn't have TV when mm -hmm. I was a kid. So we, we always played out on the street after tea at night. All the kids would be out in the street, yeah. you know, just chasing each other right across the street and playing games. And we drew hoppies, you know, hopscotch things on the road and we had skipping ropes and we had swap cards. Were would always be a season at school and everyone had swap <laughs> cards. And uh, <laughs> sounds very exciting now, doesn't it? <laughs> but we were, we weren't very sophisticated at all. <laughs> I think, in a way, it's a bit sad nowadays that so many kids um, rely on screens for their entertainment or fun rather than playing with other children. Oh, definitely. I couldn't agree more, Edie. I think that's uh, that's very true. And I think we had very happy yeah. childhoods and I think a lot of it was to do that we just played. You know, we were outside and we played and we had friends and we mixed with others and, um, yeah, I think it was I think it was good. I think, I think they were really yeah. good times. I think being reliant on a screen for entertainment when you're quite young can be... Yeah, can even make you a bit anxious or, you know, you don't learn how to make your own fun as much. No, and I cannot see, I can't see anything good about that. I'm talking mm. about for a child, but I can't see any, I can't see anything, I can't see any benefits yeah. on giving too many screens, too much screen time for kids. I can't see the benefit of it mm. at all, really. I don't think there's much to be gained from it. Do you have any hobbies when you were younger? Um, well, I always liked um, music, you mm. know, like in like I'm talking about teenage years. I, music was a, a big thing for me. I learned the violin as a child for about five years at school and also did the Irish dancing. So Irish dancing and tap dancing we did first and then we did Irish dancing. So that was always the thing and music. Yeah, and I guess that's 
stayed with you until now. I know, and Edie, my parents were so very, very poor, and I don't know how they afforded the lessons, but of course music was taught at school and that was the nuns, so they probably didn't have to pay the nuns very much money. But I'm very grateful to my parents that um, they gave us the opportunity of music and dancing because I've done it all my life and enjoyed it all my life and it's been good for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that... Do you think music should be taught to all children, really? Um, well, I'd kind of say yes, but it's like music isn't for everybody. Mm. Some people just don't. I mean, they might like to listen to it, but they don't want to actually make music themselves. Mm. Like I, I love to listen to a good singer, but I don't really want to sing or have to learn how to <laughs> sing myself. You know, I'd rather listen to somebody else. So I don't think it's for everybody that everybody's going to be able mm. to do it. But I think I think it's really sad that not everybody has the choice. You know, yeah. I think it's a very it would be good if every child had the choice to do yeah. it if they wanted to, because I mean a lot of people, and I know a lot of my friends, adults who would have loved to have done it and probably would have been very very mm. good, but just didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. So I think it's very important that every child has the opportunity to do these things if they want to. So when did you become a music teacher? I became a music teacher after I was married. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I didn't work, you know, for, for a long time, or, you know, for some years. And then when my youngest was starting school, I thought it was about time I did something for myself. And music was the thing that I wished I had have continued and gone further with it. So um, my mum my mum was going to get rid of I told my mum I was going to get a piano. She said, oh, take mine. I never play it. I never play it. So um, I did. And we bought her a colour television, which she didn't have. So we bought her – oh, it probably wasn't colour. It was probably just black and white. So we bought her a television set and, we, and she gave us the piano. So – did teaching bring you a lot of happiness or purpose? It probably did give me purpose. Uh, financially, it was good. I I won't say I loved it. I didn't love every lesson because, you know, some people probably shouldn't have been there. They just didn't deserve to learn because they'd never practised and, <laughs> you know, week after week everything was exactly the same. So there's no joy in that. But it was great if you got a student who really took notice and really, you know, practised and worked at it and you could hear the improvement. Those students, of course, are, are fantastic. I mm. like teaching adults for that reason because adults, if they were going to pay for a lesson, they would make sure they got their money's worth and they would work at it. How did you meet your husband? Oh, my husband. <laughs> Well, we met at it. We went to a youth club in the parish, in the church, and mm -hmm. and I met him there. And actually, um, yeah, well, we just started going to a youth club and I would just see him there and we just started going out. We were very young, Edie. We were only about like 15 and 17 at the time, probably younger than you are now. <laughs> so, so, so beware. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
So how many children do you have? I have five. And what is being a parent like? You know, if you could say if you could say one important lesson you've learned about being a parent. Uh, well, what comes to mind straight away is that I used to I used to be very very stubborn, but having children, mm. I found that I couldn't be so stubborn because you had you couldn't couldn't do what you wanted all the time. You have to look after the kids. Um, so no, I've always loved being a parent. There's not any part of that I don't think that I didn't like. I I was home for twelve years before I started teaching. And just a stay-at-home mum, and I love that too. So, you know, that's what I did a correspondence in English. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just, as I said, I like kids and babies, and I just thought I was very, mm. very fortunate. I was married for a year before I got pregnant, though, and I thought that it was going to be my cross in life that I wouldn't have any children. So mm. I was over the moon when I became pregnant with my first child, and then I thought I'll have a second child straight away, but that didn't happen. And we had to wait another year or more. And I thought, well, that's going to be my cross in life. I'll only have one child. And then I had a second. And within three months, I was expecting a third. So, <laughs> but I've always felt that I was very, very lucky to have not one or two or three or four, but five healthy children. That's mm. been very lucky and probably... Yeah, probably the best thing in my life has been to have five children. Now, you said that um, having children would probably be the best thing in your life. And now what what is it like being a grandparent? Oh, being a grandparent's wonderful. <laughs> and I can remember my, my <laughs> mum saying the same thing because with a grandparent there's mm. sort of no responsibility. You can just enjoy them and then hand them back to the parents. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I love being a grandparent as well. It's terrific. But recently I've been looking at a lot of photographs and looking at my children when they were little, babies and toddlers, and I kind of feel a bit sad that those years went so quickly. But, you know, mm. but everybody's the same. Life does pass quickly. And About friendship, who are some of your oldest friends? My oldest friend is, her name is Georgina. And we were actually at primary school together, but she was a grade below me. But then I started work and one day we heard we were getting a new girl and who should walk in but her. <laughs> so I already knew her. So we've been friends since we were about, you know, 16, 17, something like that. And we're still friends. Mm. So, you know, that's been great because... You know, there's nothing like an old friend, you know, you can talk about anything. And, of course, we know each other's history. So we have a lot in common. So would you say, you know, friendship brings life a lot of meaning? Yeah, definitely. I was just talking about that to a friend today. And um, we're really good friends, you know. We had a lovely chat. And we're saying how, like, your friends are so important to you because... They provide something that your family can't because your friends are your age. So we've got the same background, mm. the same knowledge and everything. And I think, too, if you've got a problem, you're not going to burden your kids with it, but you'll talk about it amongst your friends. So I think friends mm. are really, really important. And you can just relax and be silly and it doesn't matter. You don't have to be sensible with your 
friends or anything. So I have a lot of friends with my friends and I have several friendship groups. So do you think, you know, to someone my age, you would say the same thing that having friendships or, you know, having a lot of different friends is also really I think helpful? I think, I think probably always you're going to have one or two or maybe three or four very close friends. But I do think it's important to have mm. more than just that one or two, you know. I think expanding your friendship mm. group is an important thing because I know from my friends, I've got a lot of friends and I think, you know, maybe at least 20 or so and I think I get something different from each one of them. You know, yeah. some, I don't know, it's, yeah. they're just different. Everybody's, you know, the friends are all different and I, but I enjoy them all but for perhaps for different in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that now. Yeah. So, yeah, looking back again to when you were younger, does any important lesson you ever remember receiving from your parents or teachers or anyone older come to mind? Oh, uh, I suppose the lessons I learned from my parents and our teachers were pretty strict and I think... That was, you know, to be honest and, you know, all those sorts of things, to be mm. a decent person and all of that. Uh, you'd say those sorts of things you just sort of absorb, you know, through everyday life. But um, probably I think probably it's important to always kind of believe in yourself, you know, and perhaps not to be put down by anybody but to really have mm. faith in yourself and to take, make the most of any opportunity that comes your way. Don't sort of let feelings of insecurity or inferiority complex or anything like that hold you back. Mm. Just go for it, you know. If there's, if there's something you want to do, go for it. But really be mm. your own counsel. Like really just, you know, mm. consider is, is this right for me? And something I've heard too, which I thought was good, that you know, people give you advice, well, it's mature to listen to all the advice that people could give you, but it's even more mature to then think about that advice and think, like, what can I use from that? Because not, you know, everybody's opinion of what you should and should have been doing is not always right mm. for you. So you have to eventually make up your own mind with um, what you think is the right thing to do or the right way to go. So just sort of have faith in, in your own in your own strengths and and uh, so on. Mm. Can you, you know, that makes me think, can you remember any particular time where you did something that, um, you know, turned out really well but maybe others had advised you not to do? Yeah, I can remember um, one time, a friend said to me, what would you do if you had your life over again? And I couldn't think of anything because I've always mm. felt that I've been very lucky. I'm, I think I'm very lucky that I have an optimistic outlook and I've always been very optimistic mm. about, I don't know, I'm just more of an optimist than a pessimist and I've always um, been very grateful for coming from a good family and having a healthy family and my good health. But I can remember this friend got quite irritable with me and she said, well, you wouldn't have had five children if you had your time over again. And I said, I'll get out of here. That's the best thing, the best thing I ever did. 
is to have five children. But she had four children, but uh, two of her children didn't talk to each other. And I think she was thinking that, God, fancy having five. But see, we didn't have that problem with ours. My kids all got along quite well, you know, reasonably well, I think, with one another. So I didn't have any problem with the kids at all. And I never, ever felt that five children was a burden. I always felt just lucky. And I can remember having the fifth. And I can still remember looking at him in the in the crib, you know, beside me the day after he was born. And I couldn't believe how perfect he looked and how lucky was I to have not one or two or three or four, but even five now, perfectly healthy <laughs> children. So I was very lucky, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So would you say optimism is a very important quality to have? I, don't, I think I'm just optimistic. I don't remember ever choosing to be optimistic. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're a pessimist, mm. can you help that? You know, I don't know. But I'm, I think, um, you know, looking like thinking that the glass is half full is much better than thinking it's half empty. And um, I think uh, if you're lucky if you've got an optimistic nature. I think you're really lucky. Uh, my sister is the same mm. and she's um, she's very optimistic and, in fact, all of my family are, to be honest, my brothers as well. Um, so I think that's just the way we were. We we grew up as, in a happy family and we didn't have anything much. We were very poor. But um, it didn't matter. There was always someone there. There always seemed to be people around. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we get a, maybe you get it from your parents. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, so growing up, did your parents follow yes, a faith? Uh, very much so. My dad was particularly devoted to Our Lady and um, it's quite touching mm -hmm. because he died in the month of May, which is Our Lady's month. And I can remember, like, he mm. never talked religion to us, but I can remember he really influenced me because every night going to bed, he went past Dad's door, he was on his knees saying the rosary, and every morning you'd find him in the kitchen on his knees saying the rosary. So he had tremendous devotion to Our Lady and, and that, you know, spoke volumes to me without him actually talking religion. It's just sort of, I guess, following by example, you know. He just, you, could see what, you could see what it meant I to think... him. And we used to have, um, like, we did grow up in a very religious family and we had rosary. We said the rosary together at night at, at certain periods in our lives and we thought it was great. But that was the era, you know, that's it. all our families, all our friends are yeah. the same. And that's the Yeah. I was so, just going to say, Edie, that's the thing. You have to live in your time. You know, like we, we, mm. we no, I think we, we had a good life, you know, not a lot of money or anything, but you can't kind of compare too much because if we were young today, we'd be doing mm. exactly what every other young person's doing today. But... Uh, are you still religious today? Um, I still believe then... in God. I probably don't. I mean, I do pray every day, but I don't. I'm not running off to mass every day. I go occasionally throughout the week as well as on Sunday, but um, I do go every Sunday. So I am very grateful for my faith. And I think, I think it has served me mm. well. And as a child, I had no choice. But when I got to old enough to make a choice and not living at home, I still feel that it was the way to live because I can't think of any better way than, you know, following the commandments.
Yeah, so it still plays a major role in I think so, Eddie. I do think so, yes. And I think it's been very helpful, like, you know, when my parents died and my sister died and things like that, it's very helpful to be able to pray and to think that they've gone to something better, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not the end, you know, not the end yeah. of everything. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's been great. It's been helpful. I think it helps you to be able to pray when things get tough. So is there anything that you wish you could have heard when you were 16? Um, I always regret that I didn't have further education. I think I could have, but mm. I don't know. I just got a job and got the money and, you know. So I'm sorry. Like my parents were not um, all that well educated, so I guess I wasn't really encouraged to continue on or to go to university or anything like that. But I wish that I had of because I think I could have. Mm. I wasn't that dumb. I think I could, yeah. I could have done better. So I'm sorry that I didn't work harder at my studies and can, and and be better educated mm-hmm. than I was, but at the same time I enjoyed the work I did, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to do the music teaching. So uh, I'm not unhappy with what I've done, but I just think um, I, I would like to be more knowledgeable than I am, and I think you can never stop learning, no matter how old you are. The thing that I don't wish for is that I had more money, that I, that we had been better off, because we mm-hmm. really were very poor. Feel poor as a child, but yeah. looking back, we really were. But at no stage of my life do I ever wish that I had have had more than what I had. Like, we had enough. We never went hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you know, money, material things sort of isn't, any, is, isn't anything that I wished I had have had more of. And, and believe you me, we had nothing mm. when we were young. Like we, we didn't have a car. We never, ever went on a holiday. Um, there was just, you know, no money mm. at all. And certainly we didn't ever get an allowance or anything like that. There, just, there was just no money. And when things got bad, my dad had to go to another state to my uncle's to work in South Australia to send money home because there were no benefits. You know, if you didn't have a job, you had no money. So, mm. but at the same time... You know, like it didn't kind of matter. Like we, we were happy enough. It didn't sort of matter. So money isn't anything that uh, material goods isn't anything that I feel I missed at all, even though we didn't have mm. it. Um, anything that you've achieved or overcome that you're most proud uh, of? I am proud of my family, most of all. And I'm very proud of the way they turned out. Mm. And um, <laughs> I'm very proud of because I started with... Uh, um, international communications that's um, my power talk group and I remember it was really hard to go and to get up there join this group as a public speaking group and that was the hardest thing of all to have to mm. learn how to make a speech and stand up in front of people and do it and I'm very proud of myself that I was able to continue with that and I've been with that club mm. for 20 years and now all those girls there's about 18 in the club they're all my friends now, so it's been a really great thing. But I am very proud that I managed to um, – I've always been able to push myself to do things like that. Like all my music exams, it was so hard to have to go and do an exam. And you know, and I kept thinking, why am I doing this to myself? I don't have to do this. But I was able to push myself to do those mm-hmm. sorts of things. 
So I am proud of the fact that um, even when those things, they don't come easy to me because I think I'm a pretty quiet sort of person anyway. So they don't come easy. I'm not a very outgoing sort of person. So um, I'm very proud that mm -hmm. when I've been able to do a few things like that, that I've been able to do it even though it's been hard to do. Yeah, I think anyway for me so far I found that doing those things that at first you wonder why I'm like making myself do this, they turn out to be the most kind of fruitful exactly. things you do or bring you the most happiness. That's the thing, Eddie. Yeah. Like anything that's hard work yeah. is the most, most worthwhile. You know, things that come easy I think are not mm. that important or they don't kind of matter that much but I think yeah that's they're the things that you are more proud of because you know how hard you've had to work at something like working hard at a piece of music you know you might work really really hard but the joy and the pleasure when finally you accomplish it it's tremendous it's great you know I guess it's the same with other things like sports and that like people who train really really yeah. hard great swimmers it's one thing to have the ability but unless you, you still have to work at it to achieve things, like you can have the ability to be a great athlete, but you've still got to train to win all the races and or tennis player or anything else. Mm. You've still got to work at it, you know, to, to do really well. You know, you need the ability, but then you also need the training and the work, hard work. But, gee, it all, certainly all makes it worthwhile. And, you know, I've met people who... Um, oh, they couldn't speak in public, but oh, no, they wouldn't join a public. Oh, no, they could never get up and do that. One of my friends will say that all the time. Oh, she couldn't do that. No, she couldn't do that. And so she doesn't do it. She doesn't try anything, but she doesn't really do anything either. <laughs> you know, and I just think that um, I think my life is pretty, pretty rich and pretty full, really, because I've been able to do, you know, a number of different things. I'm never, ever bored, never. If you've got a love of music, you're never, ever mm. bored. You can listen to it or play it or write it or, you know. It's the same with gardening and reading too, like gardening, reading and music, you know. There's always um, something to do. I, I don't – I wouldn't know what it was like to be bored. <laughs> well, thank you for coming and speaking. It was really – interesting and oh, I feel you, like Edie. I've learnt a lot. I've really enjoyed it too. So thank you very much. You've done very, very well.